Swung on high fly. Swung on high fly. This is tagged. Hammered it again. At the track. That ball ball just got out of here. This is going to go to the rock pile. This ball's getting small. Right back at the track. Seems like the ball's had a lot of life the last couple of nights. We could go back to back. Here's Adam Engel. Swinging a long one to left. We're going to have a tie ball game. He did go back to back. High and deep. This has crushed the left center field. This is going to go for a home run. Way out of here. This this is White Sox Weekly. Strike after strike. He is on a roll. Seven straight strikeouts. The wind and the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a fastball away. Make it eight in a row for Giolito. Coming off of my year in 18, had a lot of adjustments to be made. I had to fix some mechanical things. I had to fix some mental stuff. And then I was able to have a pretty good body of work. For me, it just makes me hungrier for more. Anderson hits one in the air. Deep into left field. Gordon turns and watches, and this one is gone. Way up into the bleachers. He turned on it, burned on it, flipped the bat, and started running. You know, we broke down my swing, and uh, we made some changes, and uh, it, it seemed to work for me. The Chicago Baseball Conversation. Deep into right field. On the flagship home of the Sox. It is gone! 720 WGN. And welcome into White Sox Weekly, the first edition post-winter meetings. I'm Andy Mazur with you here. We'll take you up to Blackhawks Hockey right around 6.30. Chris Bowden will have that for you as the the Blackhawks that is take on the St. Louis Blues. want to mention, too, you were listening to coverage of the Army-Navy game, a pretty nice little game right there in Philadelphia, won by the Naval Academy 31-7 to over Army. Uh, Navy cruising there and ending a three-game losing skid to Army, so... Uh, a lot of sports here today on WGN Radio. We we'll hope you stick with us through White Sox Weekly. Here we got a lot coming up on this show here today. I mentioned uh, post winter meetings. We'll hear from Rick Hahn. We'll also hear from manager Ricky Renteria on their thoughts of the acquisition of Nomar Mazzara. And I know the, the everything on Twitter that I saw was very very mixed. But I'm gonna we're gonna let them explain to you exactly what was going on uh, as far as the acquisition there. A left-handed bat certainly does look good in that White Sox lineup. A guy with a lot of power. A guy that uh, you know can play right field. Hey, let's let's think about this. Just because deals were not made in the winter meetings does not mean that deals will not be made between between now and spring training. I think there's a false narrative that goes on there a little bit where people get all wrapped up in the winter meetings. A lot of times, from my experience around around baseball uh, for the past couple of uh, decades, almost here, a lot of the times those deals are are they're started. The conversations are started when they're together. Uh, in one hotel, and they have a chance to to meet face to face with opposing general managers, and, and those are the kind of things where you set the groundwork for a deal. Doesn't necessarily mean that deal is going to get done uh, at the winter meetings. It could get done any time. So again, I I know a lot is put on the winter meetings. I know that a lot of people would like to have seen a lot of deals come down from that winter meetings, but that just didn't happen, and it doesn't mean that they're done. So let's not uh, let's not push the panic button uh, yet. So a lot to get to. We'll hear from uh, Daryl Van Scowen, who covers the White Sox for the Chicago Sun-Times. He was in San Diego. We will also hear from a brand-new member of Baseball's Hall of Fame, the one, the only, Ken Hawk Harrelson, will join us coming up after a break. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. Welcome into White Sox Weekly here on 720 WGN. I'm Andy Mazur with you here for the next hour. And we start things off with a bang here. We talked to uh, a guy who got a great call from New York and uh, is now a member of the Hall of Fame. At least he'll be inducted in July. It is Ken Hawk Harrelson joining us. And uh, Hawk, congratulations on this great honor for you. It is, Andy. It really is. You know, I, I uh, 
it's just starting. I'm just just starting to digest it, really, because of the fact that it is such a great honor. I mean, it's it's a heck of a lot bigger than I than I anticipated it might be if, in fact, I did get it. And now that I did, it's it's this is huge. <laughs> I tell you, I'm getting calls from all over the actually from some from Europe, uh, South America, and all over the country. It's amazing, too, because I, I was reading something that said that you were actually speechless when you got this phone call. And I know you were trying not to think about it, but you, you couldn't really help it, could you? You know, the the only time I really got into it uh, was the night before when I went to bed. I had trouble getting to sleep because I was thinking about what if and what if not, you know. And all of a sudden, uh, the call was like 20, 25 minutes late coming in and during that time i'm just saying to myself that when it got to be at 11 25 i'm saying to myself well hawk we gotta wait longer you know and 10 seconds later the phone rang and i picked it up and it said cooperstown calling and when it said that i knew that you know it was a good call and i was so happy because uh, my wife was here our son was here uh our other two surrogate sons uh uh, Robert Dameron and A.J. Pierzynski, they were here, which I didn't know. And uh, so we all celebrated. You know, it was just it's just all awesome. It really is. <laughs> well, you're supposed to enjoy it. So, yeah, you should be enjoying the uh, the honor there and, and taking all those calls. But, you know, you mentioned A.J. Pierzynski. I want to go that route real quick here with you because, uh, you know, a lot of broadcasters will say, okay, you know, that, that the players have the clubhouse. It's their clubhouse. They do what they do. I do what I do. But uh, you had that special bond. You played the game, and you had a real knack for getting along with these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, well, with AJ, it was something special and always has been. I've known him since he was a sophomore in high school. In fact, Lisa, his wife, and our daughter, Krista, they were roommates at Florida State. So we've had a close bond and a close relationship for a long time. And, of course, you know, in 05, AJ was instrumental in and us winning the uh, World Series and, uh, you know, going to the World Series and then and, and sweeping Houston. But, uh, no, and then Robert, of course, he's on morning drive on MLB uh, Golf Town Weather, and uh, he won the uh, Byron Nelson, I think, in 2001. In fact, a little trivia question is, Robert, uh, he lived with us a couple of years, his junior and senior years, when he was a Dr. Phillips and A.J. It went to Dr. Phillips, as did our son and our daughter. And and in, in Robert's career, he won more money than Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer combined. It's all about timing, isn't it? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly. He only, and he only won one tournament, but he had a lot of... You know, top tens and top twenties and all that stuff. He was he was a hell of a player, and not his dad is one of my dearest friends, and his brother Patrick. Again, he's just like a surrogate son to us because we've been so close over the years. But uh, it's been great, you know. And all this this could never have happened except for my beautiful grief wife. I mean, believe me, she Aris is she saved my life, and you know when I retired from baseball and. Went into golf. I had the talent. And, you know, I played in the British Open, and I won some small tournaments and stuff like that. So the talent was not an issue. Uh, but I had a bad temper, really bad temper. And it, that helped service me when I was playing football or basketball or baseball. 
But that doesn't work in golf. You cannot have a bad temper and play the game of golf. And so uh, I was I was failing. And I was failing. I was going out at night drinking and getting in fights. And if you do that long enough, Andy, you're going to get dead. Because you're going to run into the wrong guy, you know. And then I met her. And when I met her, 10 minutes after I met her, I knew I was going to marry her. I mean, it was amazing. They call it love at first sight. I, I experienced that. I've experienced a lot of things in my life, and and uh, and that was forty six years ago. We've been married for forty six years, and I love her more now than I ever have. And plus, I've never seen a paycheck in forty six years. <laughs> Even better, when right? You marry a Greek. When you marry a Greek, you lose a lot of your masculinity. <laughs> Uh, Ken Hawkerson joining us here on White Sox Weekly. Uh, you know, I was curious, too, uh, what you thought about uh, and how you developed this great relationship with, uh, with not only the players, as you mentioned, but with the fan base. I mean, the fans of the White Sox, I mean, they, they just love you. They love the fact that, you know, you feel like you seem like you were one of them. You had all your nice little catchphrases, and, and, and everybody kind of knew what was going on in the game by, by your demeanor. Well, I was one of them. There's no question about that. I mean, I, I really was. I, I you know, people used to write about me in different cities, you know, like in New York or Boston or wherever we were. And, in fact, the Wall Street Journal did a big story on the biggest homer in, in baseball, and I want it going away. And I don't know if they were trying to be uh, mean or derogatory or whatever, but that was a compliment to me because I wanted my White Sox to win each and every day. And I really got pissed off if we – if we beat ourselves. Now, in baseball, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. It's what you do with those other 42 games. And and when we beat ourselves, then I had that 100-mile drive down to end our home in Indiana every day, back and forth. And uh, I, I would be so upset. And, and as it turned out, it turned out to be a positive because the first thing you know, I was – thinking about something, and then I'm all of a sudden I drive 100 miles and I'm driving into my driveway. So the time passed very quickly. Plus, I got to listen to some great announcers, you know, on my Sirius XM radio uh, at night, and especially, you know, Eric Nadell, Vince Scully, uh, all these guys who are, are just great announcers. Ray Fossey out in, in uh, Oakland, who's a former teammate of mine, has developed into a terrific uh, analyst in baseball. So that helped me is as far as making that drive each and every day. And I used to be a voracious reader, and I had my Kindle with me in my car all the time, and I would listen probably at least to a book a week, you know, uh, on that. I'm a big Tom Clancy fan. So, you know, you find your way to go around it. But now that I'm I'm retired, I really don't – I've always been structured. And, you know, since I was 12 years old, I played in the first uh, Little League game in the history of Savannah. I hit three home runs and uh, and a double in that game. And, and uh, I was a big kid. I was a big 12-year-old kid, big and strong. And from that time on, everybody in Savannah knew who I was. And I went to military school for three years. I made All-American in basketball and, you know, got assigned a football scholarship to go to the University of Georgia and and I signed a big contract uh, with Kansas City, bonus contract to play baseball. Actually, baseball was my worst sport. And and uh, it, it was because it was the toughest. But I've always been structured. And then I went into uh, golf, which is you're structured there. And then I went into broadcasting for 42 years. So I always had a, a structure. And, I, and I'm a son of a gun now. You know, this, this, this retirement stuff, 
In fact, I talked with Jason Benetti yesterday, and I love that kid. I'll tell you what. He is he is such a great announcer right now, and he's going to get better and better and better. And I'll tell you, one day, in my opinion, Jason Benetti will go to Cooperstown if he continues on the same trend he's on because he he and Steve uh, – actually, he and Steve make a better combo than Steve and I did because Steve, and I, Steve has been there a long time, and I was there a long time. Steve knows a tremendous about uh, pitching, and I know a lot about hitting. And sometimes, you know, we clashed or we didn't exactly, uh, let's put it this way, we didn't exactly get along during that particular game. But I enjoyed working those 10 years with Steve. He's a terrific announcer, and he and Jason do a great job. Ken Hawk Harrelson joining us here on White Sox Weekly. Uh, one more for you here, and I know that uh, you've got some time to think about this, but have you begun thinking about the speech at all at uh, Cooperstown? Well, as I said, AJ was here, and I, I went on a couple of shows immediately after the announcement was made, and and I told him, I said, I'm going to let AJ write my speech for me, or maybe even give give it for me. <laughs> and they said, No, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> you know, he's he's Dennis the Menace too. And uh, but now I'm going to I'm going to have AJ come over, and uh, the guy who wrote my book, Jeff Snook, is a tremendous writer. I'm going to have Jeff come up, and uh, my wife is going to chip in on it, and our daughter, Krista, our beautiful daughter, Krista, and our handsome son, Casey. So we'll collaborate on this thing and try to get it done. The only thing I'm worried about is Euchre. Euchre's <laughs> liable to get on my ass and just wear it out. I'm telling you, I love him. I love him like a brother, I'll tell you. He is one of the greatest guys. He's one of the greatest guys I've ever met in my whole career, and I've known him since I was about 20 years old. Yeah, and he's got the benefit of having filled in for Johnny Carson. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of an advantage over you, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not in this category in that respect. He, You know, the funny thing about it, though, uh, in fact, I was talking with some guys at our golf club today, and uh, they asked me, is Euchre as funny as he seems? And I said, well, there's only one guy I know who's funnier than Bob Euchre. And Euchre will tell you. And uh, they said, who's that? I said, Mickey Mantle. But Mickey had to be in his his arena, so to speak. He had to be in his environment, uh, surrounded by guys he really loved or liked, you know. And he was the funniest guy I've ever been around in my in my life. And But you could be funny in any surrounding, you know, mixed mixed company, females, males, whatever, and and, and do it. But uh, I love the guy. And he's, I, I learned a lot about announcing, believe it or not, from Don Drysdale and Bob Euchre. I, I really did. Just, uh, you know, I listened to Euchre every time I had a chance. And he's uh, he's one of the biggest ambassadors for the game of baseball. He and Tommy Lasorda are probably the two biggest ambassadors uh, in the game. Hawk, we appreciate you taking some time. And, again, congratulations on a great honor, Ford C. Frick Award winner. And I uh, can't wait to catch up with you again at the ballpark and also uh, check it out on, uh, in July when you go into the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, that's, that's good, Andy. But I'll tell you what, our Sox fans can look forward to having a fun year this year. And then starting in 2021, we're going to be a monster because we got the right man piloting the plane. We got He's the captain of the ship, and that's Rick Renteria, plus – Rick Hahn and Kenny have done a great job at just absolutely stocking our farm system with some premium players. Hawk, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Okay, Andy. All right, buddy. And Ken Hawk Harrelson, the conversation with him, sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. 
We want to remind you also that 2020 ticket packages are on sale right now. Secure your seat with a 20-game plan. Find the plan that meets your schedule and budget with lower-level plans starting as low as $403. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. Quick time out here on White Sox Weekly, and when we come back, Daryl Van Scout of the Chicago Sun-Times will join us on White Sox Weekly on WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. As we roll on here, White Sox Weekly, Andy Mazur with you here. We'll take you to 630. That's when we'll turn things over to Chris Bowden and Blackhawks Hockey, Hawks and St. Louis coming up tonight from uh, the city that lives under the arch, so to speak, there in St. Louis. And uh, Chris will have all the details and get you ready for white uh, for the uh, Hawks, that is, coming up against St. Louis at the bottom of the hour at 6.30. In the meantime, let's keep the conversation going here about the White Sox, and uh, we welcome in one of the tremendous beat writers for the White Sox who covers them for the Chicago Sun-Times, Daryl Van Scowen. And uh, I want to, first of all, Daryl, I want to know how San Diego treated you. San Diego is a nice place, uh, Andy, as, as you know. Uh, kind of... Uh... I was keeping my eye open for you out there, but um, we don't um, we don't uh, get outside maybe as much as we'd like to. Um, you know how it is there. It's uh, there's always there's always uh, stories to be followed and, and work to be done, and you can't drift too far from campus. But um, upper sixties and sunny. When I peeked out the window, I did get out for uh, for a run a day or two. But um, yeah, uh, a busy a, a busy and a good uh, I think uh, winter meetings for baseball and the Sox made made uh, just the one the one move. Yeah, I was trying to explain, too, at the beginning of the show that I, I think there's a lot made of the winter meetings and the fact that if you get a deal done or you don't get a deal done, people kind of look at you and think, okay, well, why didn't you do more at the winter meetings? The winter meetings, you can make deals before and after the winter meetings. I, I think people kind of lose sight of that. Well, no doubt. Um, there, you know, there were some, some big uh, deals that were made there by some of the other teams, and uh, the Sox, uh, they signed Grandal in November, Yasmani Grandal, the catcher, which was uh, for them was a big move, and they did go hard after Zach Wheeler, the uh, you know the right-hander, and uh, made a substantial offer to him. So, you know, those two things really signaled, I think, to most people that um, you know the Sox were uh, thinking big in this off-season, and um, we don't really know yet if they are. Um, there's uh, there's plenty of off season off season left. I, I, you know, like in the case of uh, Wheeler, I think just because they were willing to uh, put up that kind of money, it was a hundred and twenty million dollar plus offer for for five years. I don't think that necessarily means that they're going to flip right to the next tier of pitchers and be all in on those guys. I think Wheeler was a guy that they felt like uh, because of his age and uh, it has been used. I mean, he's, he's, he has some miles left on his arm, and uh, there's just a, a lot of good things that that fit and look good to them. Um, why he made sense for that that kind of money? So, um, you know, whether a uh, Madison Bumgarner or Dallas Keuchel or uh, some of the other guys in that next tier, whether they make sense to the Sox, I don't know. I'm not really convinced of that, but. Um, you know the the Sox work. Uh, you know Han and and and, and uh, Kenny now they work um, kind of under the radar now. They 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 work best um, quietly where people don't really know what they're doing. So, um, you know let's uh, let's wait and see. Uh, Rick did say he expects to make uh, some some moves here in the next couple of weeks. Um, to what 
degree or what level uh, of, of moves those will be, um, we don't we don't know. People are watching though. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're they're watching. They're listening. They're on Twitter. They're doing a lot of stuff there. And uh, yeah, and I, and I want to kind of go, go off the point you just made. Uh, with the fact that, yeah, they, they didn't get a wheeler. There was, uh, w- for whatever reason, the fiancé, the, the wife wanted to stay close to uh, the East Coast. And, you know, you, you can't you can't throw any money at that because that's just kind of how it goes with uh, with the way that turned out. But the, uh, interesting you bring up, too, that the next tier, maybe not as good as some uh, pitchers that you might be able to get via trade. And I think that kind of, that kind of thinking might be along a, a better line than just throwing money at the next guy. Yeah, that's the other. Uh, that's the other part of it too. And um, you know, they made the trade uh, for for Nova last year. And uh, you know, neither, whether it was a good one or a bad one, he had a poor first half, good second half. Um, he was what they needed, but um, that was a little bit under the radar too. And uh, that's that's the kind of thing. I mean, there's players out there, and they might it it might not be necessarily a proven type veteran like him. It might be a guy who has who they view as, as a guy with, uh, you know, with some, some upside too. So um be interesting to see what they do. They, they've got a couple of, you know, there's a couple of pieces that they can move in, in, in a deal. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, there's been some, you know, the, their name is the, the Sox have surfaced in the, uh, you know, the David Price rumors. I don't know about that. Uh, it, just looking at, um, Looking at his age, he's going to be 35 in in August. Um, I don't I don't know that that makes sense to them in terms of what they're trying to do. If you're trying to win uh, this year, yes, it it would. But uh, for them to make a uh, the type of commitment they would need to make for him financially at his age, um, they keep saying, you know, we're we're we are building something for uh, beyond. Uh, this year, and I think that's I think that's the plan. Like it or not, I think that's what they, uh, you know, that's what they're that's what they're trying to do. I I, I would I would kind of see them. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know exactly what they're gonna what they're gonna uh, break camp with, but they might be in a position where you know they they go with um, you know with a roster that looks um, maybe maybe like a a 500 team and then uh with so many young players uh on the roster um see how they do for two months two three months and if they're in a position you know at uh at the trade deadline to you know to, to strike and make some upgrades and, and and take a shot at at, at the postseason next year then uh you know that might that might be a tack that they're that they're looking at Gerald Van Scout of the Sun-Times joining us here on White Sox Weekly 720 WGN Andy Mazur with you here and, uh, Daryl, the other thing, uh, let, let's talk about the trade that they did make and, and bringing in Nomar Mazzara. And uh, I, I watched this guy with my own two eyes hit that ball 505 feet off of Reynaldo Lopez and thought, yeah. boy, that ball went quickly and went far. Uh, kind of break, break down what uh, what they see in him. And, and I know there's a lot of question marks about the fact that, you know, now in his fourth year or fifth year that, uh, you know, that the home run levels have kind of plateaued a little bit. But the White Sox must see something in this. And plus, they didn't get any production out of right field last year. They see, you know, it's kind of a flyer maybe, but they see um, uh, upside. He's 24. He has, he already has four years of major league experience at, at that age. So there's something to be said to that. Um, um, a lot of power, uh, and I think maybe they think if this is a guy, a change of scenery guy that might benefit from just a different environment, new club, 
a different hitting coach, um, a guy that uh, would probably, uh, you know, as Han said, against right-handed pitching would look okay in the bottom third of our order. Um, defensively, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, um, he has, he, has a, he throws well, but other than that, um, there's not much there. And, I, and to me, that's um, that's not a good thing. I think they need to be better defensively, um, you know, both in the infield and the outfield. And so, in, in that regard, um, um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's not a, it's not a huge uh, it's, it's not a big <laughs> a big splash. But um, what he's better with they had their. Uh, what they had there last year, and uh, we don't know yet what kind of uh, pieces they might complement uh, the right field position with yet. So, as you've been saying, there's there's more time left in this offseason. Yeah. Uh, in our final moments with uh, Daryl Van Scallen here, yeah, I know you guys got to catch up with uh, Yasmani Grandal at the winter meetings as well, the big free agent signing, and uh, he seems to be on board and pretty much all in, saying that uh, he wants to play 162 games, and if he has to play shortstop, which I don't think will ever really happen, but he's he's willing to do that. Yeah, I know he caught a lot of games this year, uh, this season, but I don't, uh, you know, with McCann, they can obviously, um, uh, you know, get him off, uh, get him off from behind the plate, you know, a lot more than he was last year. And, and he can play first base, he can DH. So um, this is a good sign, uh, a, a good signing. Uh, he checked off a number of needs that they had. Uh, obviously, the, the, you know, behind the plate, he's a great pitch framer. Um, he's very much uh, into working with other pitchers. He's already he's already been uh, he's already made phone calls to a number of the guys. He's been looking at video. He was looking at video before they even signed him. But the other thing is that he's uh, you know, a switch hitter. And he gives them uh, some more presence from the left side, which they need. And he's a good he's a good on base guy, which is something they need. So that's uh, yeah, that was a good that was a good uh, sign for sure. Well, Darrell, we appreciate you taking some time for us, and uh, we'll catch up with you probably next at uh, at SoxFest, if not before. Okay, Andy, anytime. You got it. All right, Darrell Vance Cowan, who covers the White Sox for the Chicago Sun-Times, kind enough to join us here. We'll take a time out. We'll get you into the newsroom and then more. White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. I think we made progress on a, a handful of fronts. Obviously, the uh, pitching need is probably the one that's most prominent right now, but you can't force the pace of this, and, uh, and certainly if we hit on the right targets come next June or July, nobody's going to have any issue with whether we acquired them on December 13th or we just acquired them on January 13th. White Sox Weekly rolling on here on 720 WGN. Andy Mays with you here until 630. The thoughts there of General Manager Rick Hahn. Kind of going hand in hand with what we were talking about a little bit earlier. The winter meetings gets all the hype, it gets all the fluff, it gets all the attention. You know, the general managers are all in the same room and they're in the same hotel. They can actually talk to each other face to face. But again, I, I think that uh, you know, if you make a big splash on, uh, you know, even on February thirteenth, for goodness sakes, I mean, if, even if it's that late, and then you get a guy to come in, shouldn't matter what time when you get him. It's just a matter that you get him. And uh, right now, some of the uh, the groundwork is being laid. For uh, for more deals, some other things like that, because you know, as Daryl Van Scowen told us last uh, last hour, you know that he really feels like, and I think that it's kind of been intimated and indicated to these guys and to the you know two people that are in the know that there are some more deals coming. And I don't think by any stretch that this is the team that's going to be going to spring training at this point. I don't think it's complete yet. You know, plus you have the opportunity to to start thinking about uh, you know Madrigal and Robert and how you're going to use those guys if you're going to bring them up early, if you're going to bring them up late. So there's a lot of decisions that need to be made at this particular point. But the White Sox did make one move, 
And that was the uh, acquisition of Nomar Mazzara from the uh, Texas Rangers in exchange for Steel Walker. The thoughts here of General Manager Rick Hahn. Obviously, uh, someone who helps balance out their lineup, a uh, left-handed hitter with uh, at age 24, uh, has already had some significant major league time. Uh, we view him, our scouts view him, as someone that has some, uh, some untapped potential and some upside. But I think it needs to be understood that even on the, the downside of this, let's say he's the same player he's been for the last couple of years at the big league level, uh, having a bat like that against right-handed pitching in the lower third of our order, which is where he may well end up, has a lot of value. So uh, I wouldn't judge this move necessarily in isolation. I'd wait to see how the entire roster pans out and what we have ultimately uh, on a day-to-day basis come this summer. Uh, I, this is a kid who, uh, as you all are aware, has been viewed as having a very high ceiling. We continue to think he has a chance to reach that ceiling and are optimistic about where he goes once once he's with us. Uh, but again, if he continues on the same path he's been on for the last few years, that's a, that's a valuable bat with good defense, uh, especially against right-handed pitching. Now that's a great point to bring up, and again, not to judge the move in isolation. I, I like some of the, the, the terms that you hear because it, it's the truth. You can't look at that in a vacuum and say, all right. Well, how does this move affect everything? Well, you don't know what everything is yet, so it's kind of hard to kind of hard to judge it uh, at this particular point. So uh, again, General Manager Rick Hahn talking about that trade. Uh, we also caught up with the manager Ricky Renteria. Got his thoughts on uh, where the Sox are at this point. We still continue to put ourselves in a position where we want to make sure that these kids come in now because our conversation is a little different. I mean, we we left the season last year, the last series of the of the year, talking about this year and uh, what we were going to expect and what we wanted to do and what, what are the things that we want to accomplish. Obviously, winning more games and being a part of a relevant season uh, is important to us. And so uh, we're going to ask a lot of these guys, and, um, and it's time. You know, We talked about it being time. Uh, guys are going to have to step it up. We've made some tremendous strides, made growth, uh, but we still have to continue to add some pieces to, to put us over the top to give us an opportunity to be relevant. We turn to the players that we already have. I think we turn to uh, the, the things that we've improved upon. Um, there's no one, I don't think, that, that we've talked to even toward the end of last year and, and even people that we've spoken to in terms of possibly coming here that don't see where we're at. I think uh, there's an optimism and an excitement about the south side right now that's legit. I don't think it's made up. It's not, a, you know, it, it's real. We have some players now that are uh, starting to step it up, that their skill set is starting to show, and I think that it does require uh, a commitment by them to continue to push themselves to be excellent. Um, you still want to have fun. You still want to enjoy the game, but uh, we're not going to stop emphasizing that we have to be fundamentally sound at every, you know, at, at every level of the game and uh, push ourselves to be the best that we can be. And, uh, and you're not going to win just with one guy. It's not going to happen. You you, you got to play as a team. If 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 game if the game has told us anything, when when clubs come together, all the different pieces that that are put there, and they work alongside of each other uh, in conjunction uh, with one goal in mind, which is having success, it works. And so it's no different. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to keep let it roll the way it's supposed to roll. All right, thoughts there of uh, manager Ricky Renteria right after. 
General Manager Rick Hahn. So, you know, seemingly everything's on the same page. And, and you know, again, the message is this, you know, let's let's see what we have here before we start judging uh, exactly what it is before spring training. And uh, give these guys an opportunity to make a couple more moves, which I think that uh, are probably going to happen. SoxFest, by the way, returns January 24th through 25th. It's in a new location, McCormick Place. The two-day fan fest will span more than 100,000 square feet, offering more ways to connect with your favorite Sox stars. SoxFest 2020, presented by Beggar's Pizza, Guaranteed Rate, Old Dominion Freightline, Securian Financial, and Wintrust. Single and two-day passes are on sale right now. You can get yours at whitesox.com slash SoxFest. And make sure this summer you bring a group of people with you to a White Sox games because Sox games are so much better when you bring some friends and family. It's never too early to lock in your 2020 group package from a diamond suite to a pregame patio party. We've got the perfect space for your occasion. For more information, visit WhiteSox.com or call 312-674-1000. When we come back on White Sox Weekly, uh, Kevin Powell and Lauren Lapka, they were at uh, the, they had the unenviable task, I guess, of being in Mexico. Uh, with the White Sox stars on uh, Socks on a Beach, or Socks on the Beach, I think it was called. Uh, James McCann was kind enough to uh, spend a little time with him. You know, he has his family out there as well. But we'll hear from uh, the White Sox all-star catcher when we return on White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly continuing. Andy Mazur with you here. We'll take you to the bottom of the hour. That's when we have Blackhawks hockey coming up against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Chris Bowden is uh, studying and getting ready right now. I can see him through the window, giving me the big thumbs up, almost predicting a Blackhawks win tonight. Okay, maybe not. Uh, but we'll hear from Chris coming up here in just a few moments. Yeah, the White Sox pop-up shop is back at the Orland Square Mall this off season. You can visit the White Sox store at Orland Square Mall now through January 15th. Conveniently located across from the Apple Store, fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays. For more information, follow at White Sox Store on Instagram. So Lauren Lapka and uh, Kevin Powell, again, drew the short straws of having to go to Mexico last week. That's another conversation for another day. You know, jealousy does rear its ugly head at certain times. Uh, Socks on the Beach was the uh, fan festival that was going on there with a few of the White Sox players showing up as well. And James McCann was one of those. They had a conversation with the all-star catcher. You kind of got, like, broke onto the scene with, with White Sox fans last season. Like, I think a lot of people knew the name James McCann, but then all of a sudden it was like, James McCann? We love this guy. Because you heard Lucas talk a, talk a lot about how much he loved pitching to you and how much he like you meant to him and all of that. What has the past year been like? Uh, man, it's been really special. Um, you know, playing, coming up with the Detroit Tigers and uh, playing as a visitor in Chicago uh, is one of my favorite cities to always go to. Um, just the, the atmosphere from the, the city to the stadium, uh, I loved it. And when I had the opportunity to come and, and make it a home, it was kind of a, a no-brainer for me. Um, and we, we, as a family, my, my wife and kids and I, we kind of ran with it. We, we lived downtown Chicago. Uh, we were right over by Navy Pier. Um, you know, we, we, we really took it all in, and uh, it was just a, a, a wonderful 2019. Well, you mentioned your family. It's only been, uh, well, less than 24 hours, but you're a family man. You, you make that clear. It's great to see. Your family's here in Cancun. Um, you guys having some fun? It's it's been a blast. Uh, my kids love the water, um, and back home uh, in the off season, there's there's not much outside time with the the winter weather. So, uh, them getting to go in the pool and and slide down slides and, and be on the beach, it, it's been a lot of fun. 
I know you're on vacation and you try to avoid people like me, the sports reporters, I understand. So I, I got to ask you one question, though, James. Yasmati Grandal signs a big old contract with the White Sox. Sox fans are excited. It sent a message, right? I mean, the rest of the baseball world saw that, where it's been two back-to-back slow off-seasons. The Sox go out and get Grandal. Um, uh, your thoughts on it? I mean, I don't think anybody's looking at um, diminished time for James McCann, but obviously that's another catcher brought in. So your thoughts on the Grandal coming into the White Sox organization? Well, first off, you know, Grandal's a, a phenomenal player. Um, his track record obviously speaks for itself, and I definitely think it's something that uh, helps strengthen our lineup. It, uh, it helps strengthen our team as a whole. Um, you know, it gives us uh, flexibility uh, from, from the catcher position, from DH position, first base position, um, and as a whole, it, just, it, it makes our team better. Um, and, and that's what, I, what I'm all about is, uh, is winning, and if, if – Grandal is going to help us win, then I'm all for it. There's a lot of buzz about the White Sox, and you hear a lot of that, where the, the Sox are trending in that direction, where it is. This is an organization who went through a few rough years because it was a rebuild. We all understood what was going down. And Yasmani said that when he signed. He, he can see this is a team trending in the right direction. You've got to be excited, right? I mean, the Sox fans here in Cancun came here even – you know, even if this wasn't the direction it was going, they're going to be here. But it's like the, you can feel the buzz around the White Sox. Yeah, there, there's no question. Um, I saw it. Uh, I saw it b- before I signed. Uh, watching, you know, across the the diamond, watching guys like Tim Anderson, Mankata, uh, uh, Giolito, knowing knowing what they had coming up to the system. Uh, when I had the opportunity to, to sign and, and be a part of. Uh, coming out of that rebuild, that, that that's what was sold to me was it, it was time to, to come out of the rebuild, um, and you know, feeling like I, I I played a part in that, and and now feeling like I'm gonna be able to play a part in in contending, um, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting times on the south side, uh, and honestly, you think about our team last year, uh, you take away the the rough stretch, you know, right after the All Star break when uh, T A was on the on the D L for a little bit and. Uh, Eloy was on the deal for a little bit. Uh, we, we really played 500 baseball for the majority of the season. Um, so you add a couple of pieces to, to, to the current group, and it, it should be a lot of fun. Lauren, one of the uh, biggest White Sox fans I know. Yes. Uh, so Dylan Cease is here with you, and one thing that's been talked about a lot is our young pitchers. You know, Kevin already mentioned, mentioned Lucas. How How proud are you of how much they have progressed as young baseball players, but also just from – the beginning how they've progressed as people through this process because i feel like you've played a big part in that yeah something that uh a lot of fans don't don't necessarily see and don't have the patience for is the learning curve at the major league level Um, a guy like dylan cease has four plus pitches and he's a guy that uh, you want when he uh, steps on the mound for the first time in the big leagues to be a cy young award winner every season that's just not that's just not the way that it works um, there's very few, you know, Mike Trout's and and guys like that that from the time they step on the scene, they're you know they're perennial all stars. Uh, so being a part of the learning curve and seeing how guys mature, um, the physical stuff happens because of the mental stuff. And seeing guys, you know, you're going to take your licks as a young guy, and it's how you bounce back and how you learn from that. And I've been thoroughly impressed with the way that Dylan Cease has handled himself. Guys like Giolito. Um, you know, Renato Lopez, all those guys, uh, you know, they, their positive outlook, but also their desire to work, their desire to, uh, to get better is, is really something that's, that's different. You guys seem like a really close-knit group of, of 
players. You know, obviously a team is a team, but this is different. And a lot of people have argued that you really shouldn't take apart certain pieces. And obviously we've lost a few. We, Kevin likes to poke fun at me. I like to say we as if I'm part of the team. She's a diehard fan. Everyone here is part of the team. (laughs) But how do you feel moving forward? Obviously you still have a lot of key players. And just in terms of the structure of you guys supporting one another, how, how strong do you think that is? Uh, it, it's very strong. It's a very close group. Um, and honestly, for me, uh, as an outsider coming in, coming in last year, it, it's it's headed by Jose Abreu. Um, he's a superstar who's not a superstar. And what I mean by that is uh, the numbers that he puts up, the, the person that he is, the, the name that he is, he's a superstar. Uh, but he's the first one in the weight room every day. He's the first one in the cage every day. He's the last one to leave. Uh, that's just the kind of guy that he is. He's it's one of those things where as a young player or another player you look across the diamond and you say okay if that guy's doing this I need to be doing that and um, that's where it starts is is the 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 big name guys you know not acting like a a prima donna and that's that's Jose Abreu and he really sets the tone Um, and then from there you you have a bunch of of guys that buy into to Ricky's um, philosophies and the way that Ricky wants to run things and that's how the culture has been created there and I, I look for it to continue trending in the right direction. So what are you looking forward to most next season to really progress, make sure that this team really is continuing to move forward? Is there anything specifically you can do and the team can do as a whole? Well, I think the the biggest thing is is our focus. Um, It's no longer about the rebuild. It's no longer about uh, the prospects that are in AA or AAA. It's about winning and and winning now. Um, It's about playoff baseball. It's about the World Series. And... Uh, from that standpoint, um, you know, it's less about development and it's more about results. And uh, that's what you play the game for. You know, you play the game to win. You play the game to, to, to win a title. And uh, from from my perspective, it, it, it's time to bring a title to the south side. And great words there from James McCann. Big thanks to Kevin Powell and Lauren Lapka as well uh, on that interview in the, uh, the tough climbs of uh, Cancun, Mexico. <clears throat> feel really bad for them. Anyway, you can pick 10 plans around sale right now and get ready for the 2020 season with a flexible, affordable ticket plan. Pick your games, your opponents, your schedule with lower-level plans starting at $205. Visit WhiteSox.com to pick your plan today. We'll wrap things up on White Sox Weekly next on 720 WGN.